Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes! Yes! Y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that's going to try to cram two shows into one. <laughs> My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places, or you'll just the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of thy choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support local, mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's the executive producer of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. She's an on-air analyst for Valley Sports Southwest. She's the owner of the Peach Shirt. She has a cowlick going on today. I do. Yeah, the headset kind of, well, it doesn't fully hide it. Earlier, I look like a, like a Frenchman with a toupee on or something. She's Ashley Pickle. Hi, friends. Hi. <laughs> Today is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. But it's actually Monday. September 6th, 2022. Uh, it is 79 days of Thanksgiving. I ordered my turkey this weekend. I'm not kidding you. Oh, did you get it with the, did you get the sale? Uh-huh. <sighs> it was 25% all sale going on at my favorite turkey company, so... I need I to call the folks and make sure that even if I'm going down south for Thanksgiving, that uh, that's oh, they can, still an option. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about that. Uh, happy birthday to uh, YouTube star Peyton Delu Myler, who's 13. My my favorite, or the worst. Or TikTok star Maddie Gray, who is 23. That's literally like, I'm happy for you, or I'm sorry. I don't know, whichever one Or fits happy best. 15th <laughs> birthday to TikTok star. I hate this. Uh, episode 1,450. On today's show, friends, we have an irresponsibly large show for you. Yes, it'll probably be like an hour and a half. This show's too big, and I cannot in good conscience encourage you to to enjoy this in one sitting. Like, get up and stretch your legs halfway through. There, yeah, you need an intermission. All right, here's what we're doing. We've got Monday morning fallout, overreacting to the football weekend. Then we got Craig White. Okay? we got Craig White. Then we got the five biggest college football moments of the weekend. Then we got the Texan Live plays of the week, okay? With a bunch of other things sprinkled inside. Yeah. Okay? That, those was, like, big, that was like one every those are the big three tent, segments that we're doing. Those are like the big tent poles. Yes. We got a lot of things in between the tent poles. We got a lot going on today. Welcome in. Do we first four through the door? 
We sure do. It was Ed McElroy, Robert Legau, Nick M., which I'm assuming is Nicholas Morton, and Aaron Flynn. Welcome in, fellas. Today's also Idris Elba's birthday. Oh, nice. And Idris Elba is, of course, Stringer Bell from The Wire. Yes. And Stringer Bell from The Wire is, of course, on the graphic that I send out whenever Coppell wins, which is a good time to remind you that the Coppell Cowboys are 2 0. Happy birthday, Idris Elba. So are the Lano Yellow Jackets. They beat Burnett. <laughs> <clears throat> I guess the only way the only way to start is from the beginning. Yes. Pickle! Hit the area time. It's time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend. And so good we got to do it twice. <laughs> and quite a weekend excited. to overreact to here in uh, week two of the Texas high school football season. Week one, officially, of the Texas college football season. A lot to get into. So are my three big thoughts. Thought number one, wipe the slate clean. We spent a lot of week one's aftermath kind of marveling at all of the upsets and all of the chaos that came about. And don't get me wrong, a number of teams that we thought were contenders continued on what is a treacherous path. South Oak Cliff dropped to Mm 0-2, right? Alito dropped to 0-2, like Travis dropped to 0-2, a few of them. But for the most part, I think what we learned in week two was that week one for a lot of teams was just a blip, just a nice, you know, figure things out. I'll give you an example. College Station. And you were even talking to me before we came on the air about College Station. Mm -hmm. College Station did not look good against Lovejoy. No, they did not. In their season opener. They did not. Uh, But lo and behold, they go and they drill for Nolan Catholic Mm -hmm. to get right, right? Feel much better now about the way things are, are going there, right? Yeah. Who else? Shiner. Shiner, we thought, uh-oh, big concern. They're playing a 3A Vanderbilt Industrial who usually plays from tight. Nope. Beat them by more than 40. Yep. Right? Uh, Refurio. Refurio had a nice bounce back win uh, after after obviously struggling in week one and losing. They mm-hmm. they bounced back in a big way. Uh, and got that got that offense cooking uh, against uh, Corpus Christi London, a 3A team, right? A lot of teams used the week one to buoy themselves back to get ready in week two. Right. I think Crosby is an example of that. Yeah. No Crosby, kidding. who got clubbed, Drilled. they got clubbed by C.E. King in week one. Mm-hmm. When got a really nice win over Fort Bend Marshall. Well, I mean, heck, even. Even Allen at that Allen. point. They Absolutely. got drilled by Bosco and then turned around and really put one on C.E. King, which Absolutely. we thought was really good. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, like, it's always that delicate balance in the early going of the season where we don't want to overreact to a result, but mm-hmm. we also don't want to underreact to a result. Now taken in concert as, as the first two results of this year, I think for a lot of teams that we were maybe starting to reach for the panic button about... right. We're a little bit calmer about. Yeah, and things. now week three is imminent, and it's like, okay, now we still have questions. Still have questions, and we'll find out a lot more. <laughs> yep. But those are the things that, uh, to me, you you have to give these teams, if you're going to talk about the concerns that, that you had coming out of week one, mm-hmm. you've got to be willing to wipe the slate clean if they perform in week two. Absolutely. That's a good Thought number two, grand opening. So a lot of the college football season, a lot of the college football talk is going to be about what was the game of the week. I think not just in the state, but in the, in, in the nation, which is UTSA and Houston going in triple overtime and Houston winning it. I am 
I, I, I thought that that was a lot of fun. What I took a look at across the state of Texas was debuts mm-hmm. and what we saw. For example, it was the head coaching debut for Rhett Lashley at SMU. And I thought it went really well. I thought they looked really good. Um, I was there and can say it went very well for Coach Lashley and his ball club. It was the debut. It was the debut of Joey McGuire. And I would also say, I would lump in there, off the corner, Texas Tech off the corner, Zach Kitley. Mm -hmm. Uh, As they put one on uh, Murray State. Don't get too crazy about it because just Murray State. But that was the convincing win that we were wondering if we were going to see. We wanted to see if they would get, right? They looked. They scored the, the most part. points out of any of the Texas college teams this weekend. It was the. No, they didn't. Sixty-three, right? Uh, Baylor scored sixty-nine. <laughs> nice. Um, it was the debut. It was the debut of new Texas A&M defensive coordinator DJ Durkin. Mm-hmm. And while I have some questions about the Aggies on the offensive side, specifically in the trenches, coming out of that game against Sam Houston. I do not have questions about the defense. That looked fantastic. It was the debut of TCU coach Sonny Dykes. Mm-hmm. And I thought they looked pretty darn good. In the second half. In the second half. The first half was a little rough. A little rough. But looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was the debut of Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers. And I thought overall he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was... You put him at the top of the Heisman race. Right. But I thought that overall he played pretty well. Yeah. They'll get an actual test this week. Yes, absolutely. And so that was where my mind kind of went with a lot of these games is like, who are these new, these new pieces we've been talking about over the course of the last nine months, basically. And they finally, you know, rubber finally met road. And I think for a lot of them, for many of them, it was a positive Overall, overall positive result for them, mm-hmm. for the most part. And thought number three, two and whoa. I don't like to give you credit, but this one was clever. We spent a lot of time talking about the O and two teams, mm-hmm. right? Teams that oh my gosh, I can't believe they're 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 O and two. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't figure it out. Here's my question. Let's focus a little bit on the teams that we did not expect to be two and zero at this point. Mm-hmm. How about the Boys Ranch Rough Riders? Boys Ranch is 2-0. and They have a game this week against Stinnett West Texas. Boys Ranch, of course, snapped a 49-game losing streak last year. Mm-hmm. They are now 2-0. and When they won their opener, this is true, when they beat Ropes in the opener, mm-hmm. that was the first time in a decade that they've been above 500 at any point. Wow. Okay. They're now 2-0. and And if they beat Stinnett West Texas this week... And I think they're gonna. Yeah, they've got a good shot. They will be three and zero for the first time since 1976. Ooh. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> that's one. How about who else is two and zero? That's like it's not surprising that Crawford's two and zero. No, great win over over Centerville, but not necessarily surprising that they're two and zero. What about Leander? Leander is 2-0 for what feels like the first time. Yeah, which is wild because I think Rouse is 0-2 now, right? Uh, I believe that's correct. I mean, we did not see that coming. Right. (laughs) Donna North is 2-0. They've never won more than two games in a season. 
things are uh, trending well. San Antonio Lee is 2-0. How, after snapping a 22-game losing streak, is 2-0? Pearsall is 2-0. Right? A lot of these programs that we, have, we haven't seen in quite some time have, are suddenly off to hot starts. So as much as we want to pay attention to what's wrong with Lake Travis, what's wrong with Alito, Oh my gosh, like, can they get the wheels back on? Let's take a moment to celebrate some of the teams that are a little bit surprising in being 2-0 to start the year. El Paso High is 2-0. Yeah. They won no games last year, right? I think they went 0-10. Maybe 1-9, but yeah. Anyway, there's three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Royce City running back Sam Mitchum. Carried the ball 25 times. 268 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. He also had 48 yards and a touchdown receiving for the alma mater of our own Cameron Worthy. TCU linebacker D. Winters was really good against Colorado. I have questions about TCU, but I do not have questions about D. Winters. Five tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, a sack, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hit. He was all over the field. Yeah, they needed him in that second half. He was really, really good. And a helmet sticker to Andrews quarterback Ashton Galvan, who goes 13 of 14, 213 yards, five touchdowns passing, and he also ran for 136 yards. Helmet sticker, Andrews quarterback Ashton Galvan. Three teams to watch. How about Belleville? Belleville's 2-0. And Belleville, remember... Losing all those players they had last year, right? Robert Briggs and, um, golly, who was the other guy? Um, there, I, I got tweeted about it, and I, I want to make sure I look this up. But uh, but they they were, uh, yeah, a, a Reese, Richard Reese. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. They lose those guys, and everyone's like, oh, man, what's wrong with them? Well, because Belleville was an underrated team. Or we were like, oh, well, they would come back with a target on their back, but they're losing their two best players, lost, so exactly maybe right. not. Well, they Drilled Stafford, 55 nothing. Yeah, that last was week. Impressive. extremely impressive. Big game this week against Navasota, but keep an eye on Belleville. I'm I'm inclined to buy a little bit of stock in the Bramas. Incarnate Word, GJ Kinney is unbeaten <laughs> as a head coach, as he leads the Cardinals to a victory in their opener. They rolled past uh, Southern Illinois uh, and looked good doing it. Quarterback Lindsey Scott was fantastic, 50-22. to 22. Uh, They were really, really good, even weathering a, a rain delay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they took advantage and, and looked fantastic in G.J. Kinney's opener. If you want to hear more about that, quick side note, if you want to hear more about that win or any other small college win, the Republic of Football is now doing a once-a-week small college preview show mm-hmm. um, or recap show with – uh, Mike Craven and Corey Hogue. And so they just released that now. I think it's on TexasFootball.com. So go listen to that after you get done with TFT. Bang. And how about Breckenridge? The Buckaroos are 2-0. And they've got a huge game this week against Cisco. Mm-hmm. And they can really kind of solidify themselves as not just a little darling. But they beat Childress like a drum last week, 35-8. to And they've got wins over Jacksboro and Childress. They beat Cisco this week, and I know it's a three over two A, but still, they beat Cisco this week. That's a strong three and zero from from Casey Pierce's Buckaroos. Keep an eye on them, especially if Jim Ned's going to be down because Jim Ned's zero two. Jim Ned's coming down. Maybe District Three is there for them. Three to see, three games to keep an eye on coming up this weekend. The game of the week, in my opinion, Spring Westfield and Galena Park North Shore live on TexanLive.com. 
Um, these are two teams that have been wrecking machines. Mm -hmm. They've been clobbering fools. And now they're going to square up. Remember, Westfield was the only team to beat North Shore last year. Does North Shore get some revenge? Great quarterback matchup. Love it. 11 a.m. Saturday. I don't know if you, you heard about this game. No, this one completely just, just real under the radar. This is a hipster pick for you. Alabama visits Texas. Um, You know, measuring stick. I don't think anybody expects Texas to win this game. No. Uh, but if they can keep it close, that would be that would that would bode well uh, for for where Steve Sarkeesian's. And I'll go back to I'll I'll make it public once again. If Texas wins this game, watch out for UTSA the week after that. I'm sticking to that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I I I I don't think you need to worry about that. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. Right. But, but if they do. <laughs> And finally, out east, Dangerfield and Timpson. This one's tasty. Dangerfield and Timpson. This was the game when we were at uh, in, in Beckville for Timpson and Beckville to open the season when it became clear that Timpson was going to run past Beckville. We were like, oh boy, three, two weeks from now, Dangerfield uh, comes to town. This is a huge matchup, state-ranked matchup between two small schools, 3A versus 2A. This is a game that is going to be very, very tasty. Yeah, Terry Bussey from two games has uh, 15 touchdowns. Six passing, nine rushing. 15 nice. touchdowns How crazy in two is that? games. That's insane. <laughs> Dangerfield, Timpson. That's three to see. That's Monday morning fallout. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Pickle, can you tell me about the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Teams of the Week? I sure can. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The team selected throughout the course of this program has exemplified the best of Texas high school football. We will start off with 6A, Houston, Northbrook, the yes! Raiders. Tepper called it. I'll give him credit. The Raiders broke into the win column for the first time since November of 2017, snapping the state's longest active losing skid at 42 games with a 27-14 victory over Aldine. You called it. Uh, yes. And by the way, congratulations very much to Andres Gomez and, and the Raiders. Very well deserved. Uh, good to get in that win column. 5A now. El Paso playing without their head coach, Ray Aguilar. He was tending to a family matter. The Tigers rode Coach Johnson and Coach Carrares, who combined for 386 yards and five touchdowns rushing to a 39-33 victory over El Paso. Hanks improving to 2-0 for the first time since 2016. 4A, Navasota. Deontay Scott ran for an 11-yard touchdown in overtime, his third touchdown of the game as the Rattlers surged past rival Madisonville 27-21. 3A, aforementioned Howe, a week after snapping a 22-game losing streak, the Bulldogs jumped all over Tom Bean early, and they never looked back, getting a 49-6 victory to notch consecutive wins for the first time since September of 2018. Two-way, Crawford in a top-five showdown in 2A Division I. The Pirates' defense stood tall, and two-way star Breck Chambers paced the offense as Crawford down number four Centerville 21-6. 1A now in the 6A ranks. Savoy, a program that's battled through long losing streaks and low participation numbers, earned its reward on Friday, taking down Melissa Chant 
to 26 to earn the first varsity win since 2018. And finally, in the private school ranks, we have Pasadena First Baptist. The Warriors made a statement on Saturday night, beating defending state champion Houston Emory Weiner by mercy rule 54-6 to improve to 2-0 on the season. So there it is, the Ozarka Team of the Week winners. Congratulations to all of them on their miraculous wins. Thank you, Ozarka, and congratulations to each of those teams. Uh, very well deserved. And now, a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 go vcr now again that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 go vcr now pickle believe it or not it is tuesday tuesdays and on tuesdays we talk with the hall of famer the co-host of high school scoreboard live on valley sports southwest the host of light the tower down there on the horn in austin every weekday we're joined by the great Craig Way. Craig, it's good to talk to you for the first time in an hour. <laughs> How are you guys? Hey, I, I'm still having trouble processing something you said on my show earlier this morning, Tap. Mm. And I want to see if you can follow me along on this deal. Okay. okay. You uh, you were asked by my co-host, Jeff Howe, about uh, if you'd really gotten into a deep dive and were breaking down the effects of the new NCA rules uh, against cup blocking uh, and, uh, and and how it affected slot T offenses. Right. And, and, and you gave a really good answer. But then you also said, I haven't really gotten into the DCTF lab with my lab coat on to figure it out. And I just got this vision in my mind of you and pickle and and matt's and my gosh matt's dad and 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 uh and and everybody else all the staff mallory everybody in the staff all in lab coats with test tubes and bunsen burners trying to figure this thing out it's a vision i i, I can't unsee right now i i, I what i want I, is is you know you, you do radio radio is a theater of the mind that is what i want i want people to be envisioning me and Ishmael Johnson holding beakers, like with different colored liquids in it, and this somehow being connected to what's wrong with the Geronimo Navarro office. We did have to order Tepper like extra log, extra big uh, lab goggles because his head's so big. So, just 
Oh, well, I mean, then. you think about this. You know, you guys like to talk about nerding out. I mean, now that's taking nerding out to a different level is, is, is all I got to say about that. I mean, no, that's not theater of the mind, Ted. That is horror theater of the mind. <laughs> I just, just want to say that. But okay, that's okay. I'm, 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 I'm trying to process this, like I said. So, Craig, we are now two weeks into the Texas high school football season. Um, it's just an overall take that I had that I issued just uh, about 30 minutes ago was that I thought that overall, with obviously some clear exceptions, but overall week two of the Texas high school football season probably served to calm more waters than they served to chop them up, so to speak. That, that coming out of week one, there were a lot of teams that were maybe looking around going, oh, no, what's going on here? And for the most part, I would say week two served to make it a little bit more uh, okay, a little more of a calming effect. Is, is, is that uh, is that something you can go on board with? Uh, especially if you're presenting as your poster child for that, Allen. Yes. You know, uh, I, I think so. Uh, so yeah, there's and, and yes, for every action, equal opposite reaction, all that kind of stuff. Since we're still in the lab here, mm-hmm. but the but uh, you know. In looking at it, there are there are the exceptions to the rule. We spent some time talking about the surprising two and O's, the surprising O and twos, but it's only two weeks in. So uh, you know that it's easy to draw the overreaction on an O and two Alito, an O and two South Oak Cliff, an O and two Lake Travis, an O and two Brock. You know, it's it's easy to draw that by the same token. Is, does that mean that it's just as hyped up about a two and O Leander, a two and O Boys Ranch, you know, a, a, a you know two and O a two and O Mineral Wells? I mean, you, you know, so it, that's why it's such a small sample size right now. To roll back to your to your cup blocking thing, it's a small sample. It's probably going to take a little further research, a little more lap time to, to get a better read on it. Yeah, we need more Bunsen burners. It's Craig Wade, Texas High School Football <laughs> Hall of Famer, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig, then let's 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 go that opposite way because we spent a lot of time uh, talking about, we, we even did a segment on, on scoreboard about, oh man, these surprising 0-2 team. Brock is 0-2. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Let's flip that. And 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 we've talked about, we've, we've asked, okay, which who's who's, who are we hitting the panic button on? I want to go the opposite side of that. Who's a 2-0 and team that maybe you didn't expect to be 2-0 and right now, but you think is not a fluke? That you think this is the real deal. This 2-0 this and team is maybe they're not just a product of whatever brought them to that 2-0 and record. That they are the real deal that we should be talking about in a serious way. Which, is there a 2-0 and team that strikes you that you say, all right, you know what? I think I'm going to buy some stock in them. Um, I think it depends on how much stock, where the stock leads you. In other words, are we talking about a 2-0 and team that was not good in recent past or even as recent as last year that now all of a sudden is a playoff contender or you think will be a playoff or a deep, deep contender? If you're talking about a playoff contender, yeah, you could say Elgin. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could. Uh, given given the, the 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 wins that they had, you could say that. You could say Hayes mm-hmm. since they moved down from six A to five A. I think you could do that. Uh, you know, and then there's probably some others. What's the, what's the one school you were pointing out in the tweet? Alba Golden. 
Albert hadn't Gold. given up a point yet. The Eagles hadn't given up a point yet this season. So things like that are some some markers that you see early in a year and you go, okay, because they've done this to this this point, you know, it makes sense. You know, it would be silly and ridiculous to say Highland Park falls in that category because they don't. They flat don't. But they are a 6A program, and to beat, you know, back-to-back 6A Louisville ISD schools in, in Marcus and Louisville High, at least it's worth noting that they seem to have kind of seamlessly made that transition into it. So, you know, a case can be made for it, I would say. I'll throw another one out there, and, and maybe it's just because of the smoldering wreckage that was 5A Division II this past this past week, but what about Argyle? Argyle's a team making the leap up. I think there's a lot of questions about whether or not they could contend in 5A. And now suddenly, they find themselves the number one stinking team in the classification. Part of it is because there's been, you know, debris Chaos. raining from the skies in 5A Division Two. But at the same time, they got a great win over Lovejoy. That's a team that I look at 2-0 and say, all right. Maybe, as far as a deep contender is concerned, that might be that, that example of a team that we had some question marks, but at 2-0, and I'm going, okay, maybe this Argyle team is going to make that transition pretty seamlessly. You know, see, now you've gone and done it. You've angered Todd Rogers again. You know, <laughs> you know that's, that's, just, that's how that happens. Now you put him number one there. You know, Todd gets to be uh, the modern-day version now of active coaches getting angry at you now that Phil Danaher is retired. Yes. So, so, so now it gets to be tight. No, it's it's an excellent point, and this is another one of those wrinkles of the or byproduct of the prisoner of the moment thing when we talk about teams like Highland Park or Argyle. They step up in classification, but we are so accustomed to seeing programs like that. I'll give you another one. LBJ down here. Yeah, they dropped their season opener to, by the way, a good Mainer team. That's another mm-hmm. 2-0 that I'm buying even as a 6A. Uh, but they look much more on par in pretty much handling a solid, uh, if if somewhat surprising, Owen Weiss team. Uh, and, you know, so those teams that have excelled at their classification level over the past several years, there, there's just something inside all of us that's expecting them to continue to do well, even as they move up in classification. Whether that's a fair assessment or not, we come to expect it. And so far, Highland Park and Argyle and, and LBJ, I think, have delivered. Craig Way, uh, let's do the thing that we do where we're, we're mean to each other. I'm going to give you three games, although you are even meaner to me on, on your show, but that's neither here nor there. I won't air the grievances live on worldwide television. Uh, what I want to ask you is I'm going to give you three games. You can teleport to one of them. Uh, there and and, uh, and and But you can only teleport to one. You can either teleport to Galena Park for Galena Park North Shore and Spring Westfield. You can teleport to Dangerfield for Timpson at Dangerfield. Or you can teleport to, let's say, hmm, let's say you can teleport to Prosper for Rockwall and Prosper in a state-ranked 6A matchup. Which, which one are you going to? You know, that one was kind of on my radar as one to – I, I said it when I was uh, reading your your state rankings this morning, and uh, and I said it was 
uh, you know, that's that's going to be a really juicy match matchup to watch. But I'm going to I'm going to go along with you. The two of us will stand on the sideline for it. And that's North Shore Westfield, because you mentioned it earlier. And I agree now for the second week in a row, you've left a Westbrook top five matchup off of the list. You left out Westbrook Jonesboro last week and you've got Westbrook ranking on the outside again. And I think it's right there with it. But probably for the purposes of, of, of this discussion here, I'm with you on this one. I, I think it would be North Shore. We get we get a better measurement or, or not that we don't already have a pretty good sample size on Westfield, but we get a real hunk of one mm-hmm. this week by watching. Yeah, I, I view it much in the same prism as I did Katie Atascacita last week. And I and I think I think it'll be a similar type thing this week between those two. Okay, and, and finally, and this is this is not a high school football question, but you people may not know this, but because you're just you're just high school football guy here on Texas football today. You are also the voice of the Texas Longhorns. And they have a big game this weekend <clears throat> against Alabama. I'm not interested in asking you about your take on the Alabama Texas game. Uh, you know, you, you listen to the You're horn. the only one. Listen to the horn in Austin <laughs> if you want to hear Craig and, and Jeff's uh, take on, on Alabama and Texas. Here's my question. This is an 11 a.m. kick, and I know where you will be at 1 a.m. because I'll be with you in the Las Colinas studios outside of outside of Dallas uh, at Bally Sports Southwest doing high school scoreboard live. My question to you is give me give me the rundown of how the hours of let's say 1 a.m. until 11 a.m. are going to go for you on what will be Saturday morning. Well, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> I know, and and for folks who don't know, Tepper on the air during you know, during a commercial break of the show last week, uh-huh. just past the midnight hour, uh, put out a call and a plea for coffee. I did. And he was largely ridiculed for it and, and didn't get it. Never uh, got it, but, by the way. Yeah. Oh, you did? They brought you one? No, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I said you were largely ridiculed for it and didn't get it. Good. Yeah. So, uh, that's not yeah. healthy. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you did not get it. So, uh, so you know, I, I was going to offer you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a big coffee. It's kind of like that, that line from the movie Trading Places where they go liquor and tobacco, all you want. I'll give you as much coffee as you want, plus a ticket to the game, if you'll drive down and drive me so I can sleep on the way back. Because otherwise, it's just me driving back by myself. So that's probably what's going to be. I'm not going to wait for the morning because it is going to be sheer madness here espn college game days here uh foxes you know whatever big noon kickoff crew is here uh uh, tickets even even uh, high level upper deck tickets are going for the upper three digits to four digits now to get it is sheer lunacy around here already for this game and i expect it to be at a fever pitch on saturday morning so i'm not going to Go back to the hotel and sleep a little bit. Get it, then get up and drive in. No, I'm turning around and driving straight back down after. Okay. Well, see, here's here's a, it's a great it's a great offer, and I appreciate your offer, but it doesn't work because you are you are missing one key component, which is that if you and I were driving down to Austin, you wouldn't sleep. We'd just talk about high school football for three hours. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right about that. It's a good point. He's Craig Way. You're right. He's Texas High School Football <laughs> Hall of Famer. Hear him on the horn in Austin uh, every uh, weekday on uh, with Jeff Howe on Light the Tower. Of course, you can hear him call Alabama and Texas coming up here this Saturday uh, morning. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Friday night. See you guys then. Bye, Craig. There he goes. Craig White, the Texas High School Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Yeah, I it's it's bad enough whenever he has to drive back for Iowa State mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. But getting to Austin, like I just I just don't know how he does it because he's going to drive. It's going to get it's it's going to be he'll drive fast, so he'll get to his house at like 3:45. Mm-hmm. Okay. He'll get to his house at 3.45. I presume he's going to get about three hours of sleep. Yeah. Well, that's not even as bad. I know the one time he left and he, he picked up his son who does his stats for him, and they went – they drove straight to Lubbock for an yeah. 11 a.m. kick. That's the story that always sticks in my brain because that's five hours from the DFW. He is um, a psycho. So, yeah. He's a psycho. Anyway, the we appreciate Craig White taking some time <laughs> with us. Uh, we're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. How about our friends at Athletes to Athletes? Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage, and every parent wants their child to be the best. But is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics? Location, coaching style, financial aid. There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. And now, for a limited time only, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Go to athletestoathletes.com slash Campbell today. Download the free college recruiting guide. That's athletes, athletes.com athletes athletes.com slash Dave Campbell. Or scan that QR. Pickle, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the leading publication for all things football in the state of Texas, and the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Recognize the most outstanding high school football players in the state every week with the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Each week, Dave Campbell's Texas football staff nominates 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com. Voting closes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced on TexasFootball.com shortly thereafter. Your week two Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees... Cy Creek quarterback Brad Jackson threw for 418 yards and five touchdowns passing. Had another 89 yards and two touchdowns on the ground for Cy Creek. El Paso Eastwood quarterback Andrew Minares. Minares. 14 of 16, 432 yards and seven touchdowns passing and ran for another score. Austin Bowie running back Max Barnes, 154 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, five catches, 117 yards, and two touchdowns receiving for the Bulldogs. How about this line from Greenville athlete Micah Simpson? 30 carries, 434 yards, and six touchdowns rushing, plus three tackles and an interception on defense. Holy Crap. Greenville's Michael Simpson. My goodness. Lovejoy wide receiver Kyle Parker went nuts. 23 catches, 341 yards, and three touchdowns receiving. The 23 catches are second most in state history in a single game. Wow. 
Port Arthur Memorial defensive back Davion Isles, six tackles, three interceptions, and an interception return for a touchdown. Port Arthur Memorial had seven interceptions in their win over Nederland. Pampa running back Max Neff, two Maxes here, 23 carries, 297 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, plus another 37 yards and a touchdown receiving. What about Stephenville running back Tate Maruska? They had a crazy game with Everman. 49 carries, 311 yards, five touchdowns on the ground, plus another 26 yards receiving. Montgomery Lake Creek running back Tyvon Byers, 325 yards, two touchdowns rushing, and a receiving touchdown for Montgomery Lake Creek's running back. And finally, Beckville running back and defensive back Jacoby Williams, 202 yards, five touchdowns rushing, 11 tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack, and an 88-yard kickoff return touchdown. So there they are. Your week two, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote early, vote often, vote now at texasfootball.com. Got to clear my throat here. <laughs> With cold coffee. Got to wake you up. All right, Pickle. It's time to take a look at the college football weekend across the Lone Star State. And the way that we're going to do it this year is that instead of going through each and every game, we've got a great podcast for you, Republic of Football. It's great. Now they're putting out two podcasts every... every yeah, they just tweeted out that they're coming for TFT, so They're doing three podcasts a week. That's not fair. I didn't authorize this. You let them off the leash. Anyway, if you want complete wire-to-wire, tip-to-tail, rooter-to-tutor coverage of college football in the state of Texas... <laughs> Mike Craven strikes me as the guy that would love the phrase rooter to tutor. Republic of Football is your podcast. What we're going to do here is we're going to take the top line thing. And I'm what I want to do is I want to revisit the five biggest moments of the college football weekend. Maybe they're plays. Maybe they are things fans. that got fans. Maybe they are bands. Mm-hmm. Whatever they are, we're going to visit the five biggest moments of the college football weekend. Okay. We're going to start with number five. Do you want me to play it? Yeah. It was interesting. They were certainly clear that Chuck is the guy, but also that these quarterbacks would get an opportunity, but not just kneel down duty at the end. They wanted them to actually show what they could do, and Smith would get a chance. Collapse in defense, walk it in for six. Easy money for the Red Raiders, and they build on their lead, Jared Bradley. Donovan Smith's first touchdown pass for Texas Tech against Murray State. And why is this a big deal? So uh, the the game between Tech and Murray State was not particularly competitive. Um, Texas Tech put a hurt into them in the way that you would, I would say you would want to see a, an FBS team like Texas Tech, and especially a team that has not always taken care of their business against, um, against uh, you know, teams that are they're better than, right? They went out there and took care of business against Murray State. They were every bit the part of the, of the of the the aggressor here. They looked great. The reason I chose that moment is because that was right after Tyler Shuck, their quarterback, went down with injury. Mm-hmm. Our Mike Craven is reporting that Tyler Shuck will be out at least the next two weeks, which includes this week against Houston. Mm-hmm. Donovan Smith was in pressed into duty. Now we have been hearing a lot about the quarterback competition out there at Texas Tech, but you never know when the backup comes in. But that touchdown pass there to Jaron Bradley to Soto Zone. I think 
is is very good news for Texas Tech fans. He goes right. 14 of 16, 221 yards, and four touchdowns passing. Looks super sharp. If nothing else, it was a very quick way for people to take a, a little bit of a deep yes. breath, which was needed. That when the quarterback goes down, everyone's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Because real fast, if you remember back to last year, he was out. He got injured and was out the rest of the year. Yes. So this is like one of those, oh, here we go again moments. But I think Donovan Smith coming in and immediately saying, hey, you know what? We're good. I got this thing. Yeah, and sure. looking very good in their win over Murray State. I thought that was a very big moment for Texas Tech this week. Let's roll on to number four. On first down. Off the penalty. Here's Ani. Here's Burns. Got the catch. Ball's out. Had the momentum for the first down. But before he came down, the ball's out. And SMU's got it. SMU's forced fumble against North Texas in the first quarter of the game. Okay. And this is, this is the kind of thing that I want to do is I want to dive into what the real key moments here were. So SMU, if you weren't watching that game, SMU had taken the league. that kind of been a feeling out process in the first couple of possessions and things like that, but they had just taken, they'd just taken the lead. Um, they had, uh, you know, they traded punts and then tech, uh, SMU goes on a 13 play touchdown drive uh, that ends up with, uh, um, that ends up with Tanner Mordecai to Jeremy Carley, maybe I think yes. it is for the touchdown. Okay. Um, looked every bit the part. Looked great. At that point, North Texas kind of starts to drive the ball a little bit. I was going to say, they were moving they really s- fast. There was no huddle up. There was no they, huddle. They were and, going. They and got, this looked like, uh-oh, here we come. They got about 40 yards in, in it's the gonna span come, of less than like It's going to come minute. back to back. Right. Start on their 25, and then suddenly, like four plays later, after converting a fourth down, it was quick. they're right there on the SMU 41, mm-hmm. looking pretty good. That is when Austin Ani found, found Roderick Burns on a bit of a seam powder, and you're going, okay, here they come. SMU rips the ball out. Nick Roberts falls on it. Five plays later, it's 14 nothing. Mm-hmm. And I can that tell was, you. And, at that, and then at that point, it was a missed field goal for North Texas, and in my opinion, the game was over. Yeah, the morale in the stadium when that drive didn't end up in any sort of a score went pew. I thought that was the, I thought that was the critical moment mm-hmm. that it could have gone either way. You know, you never know how the rest of that game is going to play out if you know North Texas is able to go down and score that score the score the touchdown. But what happened there was the whole thing shifted. Yes. Because at that point, you stop there, you stop their drive, and five plays later, you're in the end zone. Fourteen nothing. At that point, North Texas got to go. Well, what are we going to do here? So I was huge for for SMU to really take command of this game. Number three. Gibson speed sweep, wanting the wheel route. Stead underneath, Wetman at the five, walks it into the end zone. Touchdown, Lumberjacks. Mo Wetman. How about this one? How about Stephen F. Austin's go-ahead touchdown against Alcorn State? This might have flown under your radar, and it's okay if it did, but this was a huge, huge win for Stephen F. Austin to avoid 0-2. They're going on the road to play Alcorn State, who is a big-time contender. Uh, you know they're 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 a big time contender among the uh, uh, among uh, the I believe they're in the are they in the SWAC yeah they're in the SWAC right they're big time contender they hadn't lost at home in quite a while and meanwhile at that point going into that going into that that drive you're talking about a team in in uh, Stephen F Austin who we think have legit state champion or national championship aspirations that's staring zero and two in the face and like. For a program that you got to make it for at a level where you got to make the playoffs, zero and two is not a great way to start that. Mm-mm. Okay, they trailed twenty four ten at halftime in this game, but with two minutes and twenty two seconds left, they were down twenty seven twenty four when uh, Trey Self find, found Mo Wedman on that really beautiful p- kind of 
misdirection play. They they kind of they they faked that basically the, the the play was designed that they were going to fake to the to the wheel route, and instead guy comes right underneath and he's untouched and Mo Edmund. They end up getting an interception to hold on and win the game. I think that's huge. I don't want to say that's a season saving. Uh, you know, uh, play because there's a lot to a lot of football you have left to go. But it's a good start. But for SFA to avoid that 0 and 2 start, I thought that was really important for them, and I thought that touchdown against Alcorn State was particularly impressive. So uh, that is number t- three. Number two. He is a dangerous return man. He returned 100 yards, a kick return last year against West, last season against West Virginia, standing at his own. 35 makes the catch at his own 40. Davis, he's got a line. Davis down the sideline with the speed. Davis is going to go all the way. Darius Davis's 60-yard punt return for a touchdown for TCU in the second quarter of their game at Colorado. So this game in the first half was, uh, how do I put this in a way that is professional, but? It was very bad. It was quite but, is what it was. These two teams, the first possessions in these games were downs, punt, field goal, punt. It was ugly. It was real ugly. Okay? At which point, they're in the second quarter, you know, goes kind of, this was right after their, TCU is able to get. They're down three nothing. They're able to get Colorado off the field. That's when Darius Davis takes that punt return back for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. We watched that. I watched that live with our Valley producer um, Brian Smith, who is a TCU grad, and that's mm-hmm. when he finally went, "Oh my God! Finally something like it the, was offense, the meme of do something." The offense you know? had really been stuck in the. Mud. It was really bad. They needed a jolt now, and that really changed the game because they didn't score for the rest of the half. Go seven six and a half time, right? Seven six, but. They turned it on in the second half, and they outscored them, uh, you know, the rest of the way. And they 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 drilled them. They they went touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field or touchdown. Their next, I'm sorry, their possessions after halftime: touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. End of game. Perfect. Yeah, great. And really, no <laughs> I, they needed that spark to get them out of the mud. And mm-hmm. I think Darius Davis provided that for their uh, with mm-hmm. that. Uh, with well, that. Chandler Morris went down too. Mm-hmm. That was a big that was a big blow that had happened and they responded well to that. At the same, you're right, but at the same time, I would say that having a guy uh like having a guy back there that you can that you can rely on. Oh yeah, Old Faithful came in exactly and there right. was Max no Duggan? issue, but like, just from a from a morale standpoint on the sideline, they needed that jolt of energy back into him yeah. and that's what uh Darius Davis and did. Darius Davis gave it to. But it wasn't the biggest moment of the weekend. Number 1. Two. Get it off cleanly. Blitz comes, he's flushed, and looking, and scrambling, and leaping, and he's in! Wow! Clayton Toon, up, up, and away! And Houston has the first two-point conversion. Clayton Toon's tumble into the end zone for the two-point conversion in the third overtime against UTSA. Um, That was a wild game. It was. Uh, You can listen to the full recap on Republic of Football. Because uh, both Mike Craven and Mallory Hartley were there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mallory said she went down on the sideline at the first overtime, so she was right down there for all of it. So, so that game was was crazy because, so first half, UTSA kind of looks like they're going to go and run away with it, and they look like they are the better team. And Houston doesn't know what they're doing. Houston comes out in the second half, much calmer. Everything feels a lot better. They settle into this game. They score, they kick that field goal with like 22 seconds left, and you're going, well, 
Going to win. Going to escape. Mm-hmm. Frank Harris marches them down the field, gets the game-winning field goal as time expires, and suddenly we're going to overtime. Yep. They trade overtime scores, trade overtime scores, trade overtime scores. So then they get to the third overtime where you have to exchange uh, two-point conversions. Now, I don't know how you feel about that. How do you feel about the two-point conversion overtime? I'm fine with that, personally. Like, at my... In my mind, if you are already at a third overtime, let's let's go. Yeah. Like it's it's time to show something. And so on that play, UTSA sends the blitz, mm-hmm. and it becomes very apparent very early to Clayton to and give him credit for recognizing it. I'm gonna have to do this myself. It's gonna have to be me. He still keeps his eyes downfield, but it's gonna have to be me. This is a huge. Think about what what we're talking about with this Houston program. There's a Houston program that lost their season opener last year to Texas Tech, and everyone wondered where they're going to fire Dana Holgerson. Yep. It really kind of it really kind of cut the legs out from underneath what could have been a special season, considering what happened after that. There's a Houston program we think can make it to the college football playoff this year. We think they can go undefeated as American Athletic Conference champions. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, I imagine whenever they're kicking that field goal, UTSA kicking that field goal to go to overtime, they're thinking. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. We're going to spit the bit in week one, and all of our college football playoff dreams are getting dashed mm-hmm. in week because one. Because they were already ranked 24 in the preseason in AP poll. In week one. So it's over at that us. point, you're done. Oh. You're out. And Clayton Toon turns the corner and goes airborne in for the score. If they make the playoff, which is a long way away, and they've got some, they've got some, some important fixes to make. Yep. But if Houston lives up the place of their paper and they make it to the college football playoff, we're going to look back on that play, on that Clayton do- that Clayton Toon conversion in triple overtime, mm-hmm. and we're going to say that's where it all started. Yep. It was right there. That was the moment that it kicked off that Especially run. senior leadership. Putting that on your back in Absolutely. week one says everything. Absolutely. So there you have it. The five biggest moments from the college football weekend. We'll have it every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, you want to tell us about our friends at First National Bank of Omaha? Yes. First National Bank of Omaha is proud to support communities they serve every day, spotlighting impressive young people in their schools throughout the impactful leadership program. And this week, a special congratulations as we are proud to recognize Dylan Doubt of Frisco Heritage High School as the in with the Impactful Leadership Award presented by First National Bank of Omaha. Congratulations to Dylan Doubt. First National Bank of Omaha is a great big small bank. Thanks, First National Bank of Omaha. Congratulations to Dylan over there at Fresco Heritage High School. Pickle. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the, across the state and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 2 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Let's start. Wichita Falls offensive coordinator Jason Reynolds. The Coyotes, atta- the Coyotes, I should say. The Coyotes attack was on fire against Hereford, racking up 605 total yards, fueled by 447 passing yards from John Ledesma and a 52-28 romp over the White Faces. 
Elgin defensive coordinator Clay Ferguson. Following an 0-10 season in 2021, the Wildcats are off to a 2-0 start, thanks in large part to its defense, which smothered Austin Aikens 38-7 on Friday night. Austin Anderson defense coordinator Mike Maldonado. Facing high-powered Leander Rouse, the Trojans' defense stood tall, holding the Raiders to just 3.8 yards per play in a 35-13 victory. And finally, Port Arthur Memorial defensive quarterback, or defensive coordinator, right? There's no such thing as defensive quarterback. <laughs> defensive coordinator, Corey yes. Mangum. The Titans came up with big play after big play on Friday night, intercepting a whopping seven passes, including one return for a touchdown and a 41-21 win over Nederland. So those are your week two. Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Pickle. Got more to do. You're, you guys are never going to believe this, but uh, we've got more to do. Okay. Let's talk about our friends at Body Armor, because our friends at Body Armor are the presenting sponsor of Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Every week, we gather up all of the plays from across the state of Texas. We gather them up into a big bucket. Mm-hmm. And then that's a literal bucket. And then what we do, we hire a chicken. Mm-hmm. The chicken comes in and picks out the best plays of the week. Shout out our chicken, Trevor Bullard. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Roscoe. Okay. <laughs> and so, without further ado, the week two Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. Sideline, it's caught! 
Touchdown, Kingwood! Tyler Harrington! Away for them to get pressure. He's gonna draw back again. Pressure, he's gonna get it quick out. They got it, they toss it. Oh. They get a little flip. They get something going up the sideline. This could be the game. He's up the sideline, he's trying to make something happen. He cuts back. He's gonna have to, he cuts back to the middle. He is gonna win this at the end with the flip play. Oh my God! Did that just happen? I do not believe what I just saw. Thanks so much for watching that video. If you would like more and there to be is. notified when they come out, your go Dave ahead. Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by your friends at Body Armor, the number one play. Anna's miraculous hook and ladder uh, touchdown on the final play to beat Aubrey. Yeah, that was... 85-yard hook and lateral. And they were able to get the victory. So congratulations to them. Uh, the Seth Davis touchdown run against uh, Tascosito was pretty dope. He's a bad man. Bad man. Uh, the Kingwood receiver. Mm-hmm. My goodness. He's got ups. Ball. He's, he's lengthy. Getting up and getting it. Anyway, we appreciate Body Armor and pre- presenting the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. All right, Pickle. Let's do one more thing here, and that is Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each week, each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week two, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Jonathan Wilson from Klein Forest. After several lean years, Klein Forest alum Wilson has the Eagles soaring early in 2022 as Klein Forest improved to 2-0 in the season with a hard-fought 24-17 win over Umble. In 5A, Leon Paul from Lancaster. In his second season at the helm of Lancaster, Coach Paul got a signature win on Friday night, authoring a stellar defensive performance as the Tigers took down defending 5A Division II state champion and the number one team in the state, South Oak Cliff, with a 21-3 win. In 4A, J.D. Zimmerhansel of San Antonio Davenport. The Wolves in their first varsity season are making plenty of waves as head coach Zimmerhansel and Davenport are 2-0 after back-to-back season opening wins over Victoria West in Week 1 and a 31-28 win over Kerrville Tyvee this week. In 3A, Ruben Garcia from Falfurias. <clears throat> after winning one game in the past two seasons, Coach Garcia has the fighting jerseys playing great football as they improved to 2-0 on the season with an 18-6 upset win over Hebronville, a game in which they were, according to the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Computer, 15-point underdogs. In 2A, Kevin Hoffman from Mart. In a Super Syntex showdown of state-ranked teams, Coach Hoffman's Panthers flexed their muscles in a major way with a dominating 41-6 win over Marlin on Thursday night. In 1A, Chris Ellison from Trent. Ellison's Gorillas took the fight to loan on Thursday night, topping the Eagles 67-34 and improving to 2-0 for the first time since 2013. And in the private school ranks, Donnie Yantis from Plano Prestonwood. Yantis earned his first win as the Lions head coach in a big way as his squad traveled to Houston and stunned state-ranked Houston Second Baptist 31-27. So those are your week two Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the school, uh, all the t- coaches, and thank you for everything you do for your players, schools, and communities. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. And with that. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. That's how you take two shows and cram them into one. Yeah, if y'all want to hear us say anything else, you're crazy. That, that'll that do it for us. That'll do it for us. Thanks for spending <laughs> a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to the great Craig Way for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for a much shorter show on Texas Football Today. 